Well, what should we talk about? Well, what are we even doing? This is a this is an episode without any reading. No reading. We've each had. I was thinking we've each had something really big and important that has happened. I don't know if we want to go that personal. We can but go. We can had go a, really a little personal. Sad thing, and I've had a very joyful thing. But since the last time we saw each other, both of those things. Yes, happened. my father so, died. Yeah. Which is like a very ordinary, mm. extraordinary thing to have mm. happen, right? Mm-hmm. I call it the best experience in reality-based living that I've yet had. Aww. It's very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say more. I mean, this. I think I said this to you before, but it felt like the rapture. I know that's like a terrible... It's <laughs> a terrible use of that metaphor. Like all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah, because like, the whole his whole life is there. Like the computer, the coffee mug, like because it was just like you know he came downstairs, um, complained of a headache, and then it was really he was in a lot of pain. And my mother called nine one one, and in the audi- in the ambulance he lost uh, consciousness, and that was that was the end. I mean, they put you mm-hmm. on support because they don't know how bad it is. Like you get to the hospital, they intubate you, yeah. and they do the scan. Like you're brain dead mm. kind of I mean you, you know you're, you've lost the major functions like consciousness and stuff but you're alive because you know machines are helping you breathe and you're giving you're given fluids and your body temperature is being regulated and yeah. so you get to go there and then like slowly the real thing when but in the hospital was actually excellent at that mm-hmm. I explained but I probably didn't need to explain that like you know they take every they make everything they turn everything off so nothing beeps in the room because they can see from the nurses' station, it's all. This is a new hospital. Oh. It was very. I mean, this, I mean, it's probably oh. open fewer than five years ago. This hospital, okay. and they were great. I mean, it was just you know they knew uh, this is clearly not the first rodeo at the okay. uh, in the ICU, but wow. it just made me feel so thankful that to be able to be there because it mm-hmm. would have been so worse the other way. I my heart yeah. breaks for people who had to do that during COVID. Because you couldn't be in the room. That would have been horrible. That would have been like... I mean, it's all horrible. But like... Yeah. You're able to sit with him. Yeah. No, be there. And then they come in and they call. They pronounce. You know, because they can tell when, you know, respiration has stopped. Okay. Were you there for that? We were there. My mom and I were in the room by ourselves with Dad. So... I'm so sorry. Thank you. So it's been a mess. Mm. I'm still untangling. Like, what about it is a mess? It hurts, but that's not really... I think it's mostly my dad loved the world so much. And lately I feel like kind of unable to match that. Because mm-hmm. I feel a lot of, you know, despair and frustration. But, you know, onward. Talk about your joyful thing. This is actually... <laughs> would, would be fun to talk about since I okay. definitely had some thoughts too. <laughs> okay. Uh, my joyful thing was that actually it was on the evening of the last day we were the last podcast we recorded my family and I entered the Catholic Church yeah and George was there (laughs) yeah (laughs) to witness the spectacle of the Easter vigil and it was a it was a huge step for my family I was born and raised non-denominational evangelical what does non-denominational mean in that context it means that, in a sense, your church is kind of flying solo. We don't affiliate with any overarching. So it's just the church. Quality. That's it. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah. Oh. So, in that sense, kind of like an independent Bible church or something like that, where it's just that. It's that particular. 
it's not part of oh, some okay. overarching structure. It was initially how I was raised, and then we were Southern Baptist for a little while. Southern Baptist, but in the north, so it's <laughs> Northern Southern Baptist. There we go. Um, and I I spent time in like charismatic world, you know, mm. with the you know slain in the spirit, all those kinds of you know Pentecostal type experiences. Mm. I've been been there, done that, had some great experiences. <laughs> um, but you know, I've and then I've been in yeah Presbyterianism for two decades. And then my my faith started to fall apart because I lost someone I loved very much, and her faith appeared to be falling apart as she was dying, and I didn't know what to do with that. And so I started to research things and look more into Protestantism as I knew it, and I kind of unprotestantized myself. I was looking for a form of the faith that would help me to die, that would prepare me to die. That's interesting. So, and that led me more and more. First, I was heading towards Eastern Orthodoxy for a while. That has become, like, I mean, popular is probably the wrong word, but I, I was just listening to, is it Rob, Rob, that guy on the podcast we were both listening to, Rod Dreher, didn't he? Rod Dreher, he's, yeah. Didn't he convert from Catholicism he, to, to Eastern Orthodoxy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah. not unheard of, I guess, since mm-hmm. I've heard of one person, now I can say it's not unheard of. <laughs> So, and there's still, even though I ended up becoming Catholic, there's still so much about orthodoxy that I love, the icons, the liturgy, their theology, their, the way that they view salvation is also so beautiful. It's what they call it theosis. It's this idea mm. that because God became man, man then can become God. Like you come to participate in the divine nature and you're you totally mean after transformed. Death. Well, their, their thought is even that starts death. to happen now. Ooh. is their understanding of it. And they believe that the all of creation, is its trajectory is to be divinized by participating more and more in God. And, mm, those and are so very it's, old it's ideas. It's not like ge- geographical, like when you're saved, you go to heaven, like it's a place. Like it's just not that kind of, in sort of the literal way, it's much more like deeply transformative. Uh, did you ever read Barbara Eimerich's, um, oh, what the hell's that book called? I read a lot of books about dying. When my friend, I also had a good friend who died in her late 50s, Mm. you know, being the sort of secular liberal that I am. I read a a bunch of books from that frame of view, and um, she wrote one called, um, oh, what was it called? It was about her rejection of the traditional medical model, where you were always going to screen for illness and then treat it and then try to stay alive as long as possible. Hmm. And at the end of it, she talks about dying, and she used this phrase, which I don't think was hers, but... She got it from somewhere, and she talks about dying into a living world, and how, like, if you should, I'll find it, I'll get, I need to organize my libraries, (laughs) like, the second book, I'm like, let me give you this book, and I'm like, like, no idea where it is. It might be because I listened to it as an audiobook, that can also be. Yeah. So this idea that you can remain, even if you don't have a religious faith, this idea that you can reach communion with something greater than yourself mm-hmm. at the point of death by imagining that, you know, underst- conceptualizing that you are a living being mm-hmm. and the world is full of living creation. Yeah. And when you die, you kind of, like, the world lives w- lives on. And also, you know, for many traditional forms of burial emphasize that because yes. they just put you in the ground. Right. and Well, you're a seed, right? You're, yes. You're, you're sown. Like a seed. Burial is being sown. Oh, I never thought of it that way. But that is cool. Because we did this whole... My mother and I didn't really have any plans. Mm. 
burial is shockingly so expensive, which is why most people are cremated, but as a Jew, that's not an option. Even before the Shoah, that's just not... Cremation was... It's considered desecration of the body. Like, yeah. you can't get tattoos. I mean, you oh, know, right. all the skin diseases yes. they're obsessed with in the Old okay. Testament. I'm sure you know better than me. Right. Like, yeah. that comes from this sort of preoccupation about the yes. body as a living vessel, a sacred vessel. And yes. So you can't desecrate it mm-hmm. in life or in death. In fact, yes. you know, sacred objects, when they're when they are too old to be repaired or used, are buried as well. Like old Torahs are buried. That's beautiful. Yeah, right? So it's the same kind of reverence, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do with a living thing, a sacred thing? When it dies, you bury it in the ground. So instantly I decided I I wanted my dad to be buried. And so we found this spot. So it was a traditional cemetery. It's been a traditional cemetery since the late um, 1890s. Oh, wow. And, um, but the rest of it has been, is now uh, a natural cemetery. And you can go into the ground like just in a shroud. You don't need a box, nothing. And the you plots are all irregular. The, like the chemicals and all that. Oh, that's forbidden, that... actually, because you are in a natural cemetery. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Jews don't do that anyway. Oh, so, they don't. yeah, no embalming. Again, same yeah, rule. Right. No cremation, no embalming. That seems so wise. Um, well, you know, you work with it, you're given. I mean, ancient, what would, I mean, I guess the Egyptians figured that stuff out, but that's yeah. a different story. And we found, you get to choose your plot. There's all these different areas with different landscapes and different views, and you get to choose. It's, it's kind of magical. It's, uh, mm. it can be, it can be this very sort of warm, you know, reflective experience to sort of have a place where someone's in a place. Yes. Because especially since I don't live there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that there's a place I can go. That's right. And they allow That's you right. to bring... Um, there's no traditional headstones. You get, like, regular stones, and then you engrave something on them. You really? Know? Yeah. That's even more It's natural. cool. And then yeah. they allow you to bring... Um, you can sow um, wildflower seed. Like, seed. when you sowing go visit. The sowing the seeds. Yeah. So... That's really beautiful. Yeah, speaking of beautiful, the Easter Vigil was beautiful. Mm. What jumped out at you from it? It was so much like um, Judaism translated into English until they got to the New Testament. Because <laughs> there is this yeah. very, um, and I mean, I understand why, because, um, you know, Christ as the Messiah represents a turning point, And that is a turning point that Judaism, you know, as a religion doesn't accept. But until they got to that point, like everything, like the way the liturgy is chanted, yeah. the way people like show reverence to um, what, I don't know what it's really called, like. It's not really the altar, is it? Like where they're reading from? Because in in Judaism, that would be the bima, where the oh, where the uh-huh. Torah is, uh-huh. where you go to read. Mm-hmm. But like the same sort of, you know, markers of respect towards the book that you're reading. Yes. The same reliance on reading the Bible. Of course, obviously, it's in English, whereas like the Torah is always read in Hebrew. But it felt very Jewish to me. And the guy who was doing, who was reading from the readings, also happened because Easter and Passover have that connection. Yes. The readings yeah. feel especially kind yeah. of they're the ones that jump out as me with my limited Jewish education. But you know, reading from Genesis, it was like, wow, it doesn't really get that much more Jewish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's right. Yeah, they did Genesis, they did the Exodus and passing through the waters and yeah, the Passover. They, and the story of, of the sacrifice that. of, you know, when Abraham is yes, takes his Abraham son up to be sacrificed. Um, like those are all very important uh portions of, I guess, well, the Bible, the Torah, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that would appear in very high, important moments in important holidays in Judaism. So it felt very, very much of a piece. And, like, there's just this whole, just sort of the the sort of beauty of the formula 
of the sameness of the of the of the I guess you could say predictability of it. Yes. That is that's that, that I mean yes. there's a reason that like Judeo Christian can be kind of thought of mm-hmm. in that one in mm-hmm. as a piece. I do think both both the Orthodox and Catholics with the continuation of the liturgy very much feel that that they are in continuity with with Judaism and they envision I mean they'll use the same language of like altar and the conception of like s- structuring the church somewhat like a temple or something mm-hmm. like compared to the the Protestantism I grew up in where it's like it's a building it's a meeting house it's like a more like a business and you just kind of design your own meetings how do we want the meeting to go well let's have announcements and let's have some songs and I've, I've heard it described like it's a you know protestant services are, are a ted talk followed by a cold play concert oh charming <laughs> and so having having come from that type of background into into this into a liturgy which is so old and so so beautiful and where they're and since they're not just reading and chanting and singing the scriptures, but using your body, you're somehow like you're enacting them. Like the scriptures are like a, a script there for the drama of what you're doing together communally, you know, with your body and with the call and response back and yes. forth. Also, is... they got that from the Jews. But, <laughs> of course. but you know, I was just, re- I don't know what I was reading the other day, but this idea that you borrow from traditions that are older than you, like Jews borrowed all these regional myths. I was reading, hmm. some, reading something about where the myth of um, the Red Sea and of being enslaved actually originated mm-hmm. is um, thought to be in a myth from that region around people who were living there. Because there's not a lot of archaeological... I mean, I am not a religious scholar. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of archaeological evidence that suggests that the Hebrews were enslaved in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And you think there would mm-hmm. be that, considering that, like, there's a whole lot of archaeological evidence of a lot of other stuff. I mean, there's, like, right. 5,000 years of Egyptian dynasties. and Yeah. They yeah. made a lot of... you think there would be, like, an artifact with some Hebrew on it if that really mm-hmm. happened, right? Maybe? I don't know. So, the origins of all these origin stories. Everybody's always borrowing yes. from the people who come before them. And in the way that the Jews absorbed regional myths, Christians incorporated the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And, and so this this process of amalgamation and taking from the old and like you know adding onto it is fundamentally human. This way of yeah, it's like they say in AA: take what you like and leave the rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, it's interesting because I feel like you know if you look at what Catholicism is now, it's um it's certainly rooted in Judaism, but then it was like growing up in Greek. Hellenized soil yeah. and so all so much of like the theology of those first few centuries and the ecumenical councils is all like Greek philosophy applied to these Old Testament stories and the New Testament gospels and figuring out what does all this mean but using Greek words and categories logos and all of that and but then also this sort of the structure of the at least in the West and not not the Eastern Byzantine Empire but like the the structure of the Romans you know and having that it's sort of like those three you know Judaism the Romans and the Greeks all kind of melding together and making this beautiful faith actually it's powerful i mean if i had this really sad thought the other day which i think i told you which is if i had to choose between living in the the hellscape of the of conservatism or the hellscape of liberalism i would choose the hellscape of conservatism <laughs> which you I mean, I don't think any authoritarian system where somebody gets to decide how everybody behaves is is nice. I think they're both bad. Mm. But there's something to be said for, well, this is not going to come out the way, but maybe not the devil you know, but the the non-devil you know. I don't know. Like, 
it's interesting because at the time that you have now found a new spiritual home, I feel totally unmoored mm. from from whatever sort of faith I had and like what do people what do liberals believe in if they don't believe in God? Oh. They believe in society. I don't know. <laughs> like not so much. <laughs> wow. I was, so I wonder if you're going through a sort of a parallel of my years of kind of unprotestantizing before I found the next thing. Years it was like in the, the raft desert. I was on was like disintegrated and I'm like treading water being like is there a boat? Is there any <laughs> is there an ark I can get on, you know? Do you feel like you've lost something but you haven't found the new Yeah, I don't thing? know what the I mean I don't really consider myself a believer, but I'm not really sure that that means very much in terms of what is really at stake in the way that humans organize themselves with one another. Hmm. Well, I was reading another thing which talked about how a lot of people, there's this idea that for religious values, religious values, we, we need a new word besides like <laughs> religious or conservative or traditional. We, we need to name it something. We'll work on that. Okay. These va- the a set of values that doesn't let's say isn't modifiable by somebody saying be kind on Twitter. Some people say you can't you can't bring religion you can't be bring the values that used to be associated with religion back unless people actually believe in the higher source that makes them sacred. Uh huh. And I understand that from a religious standpoint, my that why people might say that. But my counterexample would be like, well, didn't we have a society that kind of agreed on a lot of this stuff where a lot of people weren't necessarily that religious? I just sort of feel that there was just a set of values that you could take for granted and now buildings are now being built that only have single occupancy bathrooms because some people want to avoid the discussion of... They don't want that to be a problem. So they're just like, none of these bathrooms have any signs on them. They just say bathroom. Yeah, yeah. That seems to suggest a shift. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I've heard, uh, I think it was T.S. Eliot who said that a culture is the way that a people expresses their religion. Oh, In the sense that okay. religion is sort of there first, and then the culture and perhaps the shared values and practices kind of grow out of the sort of the, the ritualized faith or the, 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 the axioms, the assumptions that are so rooted, they're kind of hidden you know they're the soil out of which the cultural things grow and so if he's right then if the if sort of the the soil erodes or the faith is lost then like i don't know how what kind of culture would would be left i think it's a consumerist like culture the, i think we yeah, can safely say replaced with consumerism or with like the the hyper speeding up of like technology and fads you know how everything changes so fast so fast and that's connected with consumers obviously right like yeah all of those things kind of combine and i think we it's like <laughs> i just feel like the the hamster in the wheel is spinning faster and faster and faster and faster because the 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 roots are gone so i don't know i i think it works to have to have the common values and the common culture when there's still enough people who kind of believe in the mythos of it even if not everybody does you can kind of keep coasting on that, but, but yeah, if enough people lose it, I don't, I don't know how you get it back. Cause there's, a, there's identity in the religion, in the unconscious parts, in the axioms. I mean, belief is such an interesting thing because obviously belief is malleable. Yeah. I mean, both on a cold, on a shared level and on an individual level. Yeah. And as a freedom of conscience thing, like, 
you wouldn't necessarily want people to come to your church to pretend. No. Right? No. That would be some, that's, that's right. probably covered in all this, all yeah. this stuff that, like, you learn, right. right? I mean. Well, and, but. But at the I same time, like, what is the nature of, is faith a way of living or is faith a thing that you think that doesn't, that, that has nothing to do with what, how you live or has something to do with what you live, but if you just believe. Yeah, I think, I think that the, if the idea that faith is like mental assent to propositions is a hangover from the Reformation. That's Mental not sent to propositions. Like I believe, here's my statement of faith. I sign on the dotted line. I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Whatever it is, like uh-huh. you, if you can like list it out and sign on the dotted line, and be like, I believe that. Like, yeah, that's not. Fa- I think faith is much closer to the, the the how you. It's it's the combination of the the thoughts and the feelings and the life and the morality and it's the whole thing. I think part of the falseness I think that or not falseness the mistake of the reformation was the sort of championing of faith alone this idea that oh, like, oh we're okay. going to it's just about the ideas because we don't want to be legalistic and we don't want to be kind of ruled and controlled by the catholic church's structures and sacraments and stuff so we just want to be able to believe and have freedom of conscience and for them believe meant what is going on in my head mhm or mm-hmm. what is in my heart mm. right but it's not about what is your body doing <laughs> how are you treating people how are you, are you are you practicing the faith? Like, I practice Catholicism. Right, Which, but, which also conveys, like, I practice it because I never get at it. You know, it has a uh, sense of practice, right? But Catholicism, as I understand it, is a non-proselytizing religion. Is that true? Or yes and um, no? A yes and no. There have been times in their history where they, you know, the Jesuits were the missionaries. Okay, well, that, the Jesuits don't count. So I mean, they, they do count, but, I mean, I wasn't gonna... Yeah, I wasn't okay. trying to get at the Inquisition. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to go there. Are you saying, like, now, I don't... They're... Catholics are not like knock on your door. Here's a tract, or like come to our big church event. We're trying to convert you. They're not like that. They're like soup kitchen proselytizers. If that through makes works sense. through works, yeah, we will love you. And if you want to come on in, come on in and see. It'll probably weird you out. <laughs> you may not know what's going on, but welcome. Like the the sense I've gotten from one of the priests was was almost like, oh, you're you're converting to Catholicism? Like what? Why? What? What drew you? Like they're almost surprised that anybody would walk in the door. Because oh, why? Because they're they're, they're much they're much more used to just Catholics through birth. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're used to like cradle Catholics who walk away. Cradle Catholics. Or and there's also the sense of because the Catholic Church does not really try to make itself user friendly or like <laughs> you know, and definitely Orthodox. Yeah, but it's not all. like your it's not like the priest is coming into your house either. I mean, there have been different okay yeah. modalities. Like you know how Illich <laughs> talks about how. Literally, somebody you know in older practices, like the priest would literally come to your house and ask you things, and oh. like it's we have a whole different modern yeah. level of yeah. privacy. And I mean, That's I right. suppose confession is supposed to do away with some of that, but which is great. I love confession. Do you? It's really wonderful. Is it like therapy, but better? No, it's not like <laughs> therapy because they don't. In a way, they don't want the backstory. Oh God, they don't like because they're not they're they're there to to listen and to you know bring the forgiveness of God to you. And so they actually tell you, they're like, don't tell me about the whole fight with your spouse. Like he said, she said, and all the things like, just say what you did wrong, which is actually very humbling because it makes me realize how much therapy lets you like, well, you know, like you can kind of like, you kind of gloss over your things and you massage the story and they're like, they don't want the narrative. It's just, it's sort of, it's more like the fearless, uh, moral inventory. (laughs) Yes. That's another, that's that's an AA thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it is like that. But I mean, much. AA came from somewhere too. They were borrowing a lot. Yes. Of, I mean, yeah. you know. Well, I, they were I, borrowing I, directly from, yes. 
I suppose it was some Protestantism. I, I don't actually Probably. know if Bill W. was Catholic or not. I or think what. so. It's a little bit of young, Carl Young, and a little bit of Who'd... Protestantism. Okay. Yeah. But I, it is one of my theories that the that therapy has risen as like oh we have a as like confession and liturgy have waned. Like therapy is the way that people try to make themselves whole because they don't have confession and liturgy. That's Interesting. My, that's my theory. But also the idea that you couldn't... Would you agree with the statement you couldn't be a Catholic by yourself on a desert island? I mean, you could be a Catholic if you were a Catholic, but I mean, you couldn't you practice make yourself... You could not practice that's Catholicism. But they also do recognize that, like, if you have all the intention of your heart, but literally the means are completely out of your control, that... That God is like, I got you. <laughs> you know, right. Well, that's like that story. Yeah. And there's this great story that somebody told a, a, at a Rosh Hashanah service where um, people from some village were all gathering together and they were praying. And the only Hebrew that this one guy knew was the alphabet. And he was just saying Aww. the alphabet. And so it was like, it's really beautiful. the story was yeah. like, you know, it's not about what, what you know. That's right. It's about what your heart says. And yes. if that was his way of, you know. Yeah. That's great. We have a culture that is all about fix yourself and, the, and your life will be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of at the point where I don't think I'm ever going to be able to fix the things that... I'm not I'm not such a believer anymore that I can do something about my to myself. I've been feeling... Because I've been thinking of going back into therapy. Just mm-hmm. as if you could get... I don't mean to be... No, I know. You out of therapy. Okay. No, I know. But, no, cause, but I have these same misgivings in the sense that I used to feel like I was better at life. And I feel like a lot of this is probably just like, you know, a function of grief. Yeah. But it really does feel like my dad was like always my biggest champion. Mm-hmm. And now you have to like kind of learn how to champion yourself. And that's hard. Yeah. Maybe life just gets more complicated as you're older. I mean, it gets easier in some ways because you don't care about a lot of the bullshit you cared about yeah. when you're younger. Thank God. And I think that's really important for women. Yeah. Like you just, it's so different. We should just... You know, we're going to talk about this yes. when we're talking about hags, but I sort of, if like, if I were to, if you were to play the therapist, I would go in there and be like, you know, I feel like I used to be more effective at solving my own problems and like mm. dealing with stuff. And now I don't feel effective anymore. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's like things that you can do that make you maybe even just like many things like the passage of time helps. You just get used to things. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I literally feel like where would one go? I know a lot of people who, like, were raised as nominal Christians are converting to Catholicism, a lot of younger people, because they want, they want some roadmap, they want some yeah. signs, they want some indications of, you know, what should be what. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I'm not going to change my mind that the state shouldn't, like, you know, you know, I'd be, wouldn't I be a pretty shitty Catholic, for example? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't want them to outlaw abortion, that's wrong! <laughs> Or is it like, or is it something, is it not really about, is it not, or is the, is the belief system an entryway to something that is bigger than just like, I'm going to vote for this person, vote for that person. I feel like a lot of our religious understanding has been reduced to which guy do you want to set the state law? Oh Right? You know, like, do you want the Catholics to cheer for the, you know, for a Mm -hmm. law banning abortion after X weeks? Or do you want the you know, the liberals to cheer because like, I feel, and I feel like that can't really be where the, um, I'm sure there's some, you know, one issue, single issue voters on the issue of abortion in this country and that's fine. But I feel like that's not really what a religious 
like a felt religious way of life is. No, no. It's I, I do think it really in some sense does come down to how are you gonna die? Or like what something transcendent connecting with something that's bigger than your own individual life, which is small and mortal and full of suffering and it's like can it's something about the connection. You know, and so so then when I think of therapy, I'm like, if therapy can help you like connect with other human beings that would be wonderful but if it turns you towards ever more like self-analysis i'm like oh you know that expression you know if you're feeling bad go help someone yes like that kind yes. of whole thing where like i'm i'm sort of thinking that maybe a certain level of suffering isn't is no longer you no, there's nothing that you could do in the world to like not grieve when someone close to you dies i mean there's there's nothing that there's there's no solution to that. No, it is. It's too it's just you bear it. Yeah. yeah. So as you know, I think I because I think I told you, I went out to see my because my father died exactly one month to the day after his 80th birthday. So if you know anyone who's like around the age of 80, get on that. Like <laughs> call every him. every day after 80 is a gift, <laughs> even if it's 20 years of gifts, it's still a gift because you know my grandmother lived to be 99. So that's almost 20 years yeah. more life. So you were life. thinking you had a lot more time. Well, I wasn't thinking that. My father had stage four um, kidney disease. Oh. Dialysis would have probably been in his future at some mm-hmm. point, which he would have born. My dad was excellent at that because my dad almost died 15 years prior when he had this like weird, you know, like those, fun, like you read about like MRSA or those like yeah. fun, antibiotic resistant yeah. infections. He, he got, got one of those probably from a spinal surgery he had, if I had to take a guess, because that is a common known not common, but it is a known side effect mm-hmm. where just some bacteria just moves in a place when they're doing the surgery and your immune system is a little, a little out of kilter and, mm. you know. Yeah. But they saved his life. I mean, he was seriously ill. And it was actually very informative to have had that experience mm. of seeing someone in the ICU who was very ill but not dying. Their brain, His brain was there. I mean, he was on a ton of drugs, but I could tell he was, like, alive. Yeah. yeah. Versus, like... You don't really have any... I didn't have any, like, misgivings that there was something that could have been done to save my father's life. My father was, like, not there. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not the kind of there-ness that we call living. Yeah. And he would have already... He would have died probably immediately had there not been, you know, the interventions. Which they give you because they don't know. Is surgery possible? Could they... I mean... I would have been so much... I mean, honestly, if you're gonna... If something terrible is gonna happen to you, let it be terrible and definitive. Yeah. Because terrible and not definitive is a whole um, other, you know, thing yeah. that people have to bear. And that's yeah. hard. And in in a way, my father had already done that. He'd already been in a situation where he recovered from a serious, serious medical thing. Yeah. I mean, the doctors had asked my mother for permission to amputate if they couldn't save his legs. Which they did. But, like, there are people who, like... In fact, I think the the first, like, double arm... Um, donor thing happened to someone was given to someone who had lost his limbs because of something like the very similar resistant infection (sighs) so amputations often result from the kind of infection my dad had and he missed that like he dodged a bullet and he he could I mean he had lingering effects and it definitely aged him but like he had he had 15 years that were that he didn't that were no guarantee Okay. like he had 15 years after that serious Wow. Serious illness. Did that kind of orient all of you to like the the gifted nature of life? Like, wow, we're so glad we still have you. And yeah, no, and it, and it also okay. just orients you to like suffering is part of living. Yeah, like, and he bore it. Like, he never complained. I mean, he just 
He was always like that. He had very high tolerance for pain. Like, when after he was, you know, home from the hospital, like, he weans himself off the fentanyl patches. That's, That's not so easy. Strong. <laughs> That's hard. Oh, man. Wow. Right? <laughs> I mean, even if you don't want the, like, high, like, physically you have withdrawal. Like, you do, like, you, your yeah. body goes a little nuts when after those pains That's are... amazing. Yeah. Because that's, that's the kind of pain meds he was on. Because, they, I mean, they basically went into his limbs, his lower limbs especially, mm-hmm. and debrided all the infected tissue. Oof. So you lose, like, all this tissue, all this, like, you know, circulation. It was just dastardly. Oh, but man. apparently it worked. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, suffering. Um, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not pro or anti-suffering. I'm sort of just mm-hmm. like, yeah. It, it, like, I'm, it I'm, is. It's reality-based it experience. It's reality-based yes. living. Yeah. So the, I feel like that's a good question. Then how do you? How does one suffer well? And I think the only the best way to suffer well is to suffer in community. Absolutely. That that is self-evident yeah. to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know why that wouldn't be self-evident to anyone. Mm-hmm. To bring it back to religion, something I appreciate about. Catholicism and Orthodox is they follow the liturgical year, the rhythm of the church exactly. calendar, which is very much, it is, you know, rooted to a degree in nature as well. And so this is where Protestants go, well, that's because it's pagan. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> because the pagan stuff was rooted in nature. So that's just creational. That's not like, right. You know, no, and problem. like, it's good. <laughs> and the it's reason really the good. Jewish calendar is so complicated is because that it's in the Torah that, you know, um, Passover has to be celebrated in the spring. I mean, that seems like normal that it would just that a holiday would be connected to the time of year when something when something occurs. Yeah. Because I mean, spring is going to determine what you can eat, mm-hmm. and there's all these you know customs about what you right. eat for Passover. So I don't, that that just seems pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Those things are effective, mm-hmm. and they're they're orienting. Yeah. Yes, that's a better body. word for it. That's yeah. a, they connect you to your body. Right, and so to be oriented communally together in a way that's also oriented towards the cycle of nature is deeply, uh, I don't know, comforting? Controlling, yeah. gratifying? Yeah. yeah. Grounding? There's a lot of different words for it, but um, I, I felt that a lot during the part of the Easter vigil where the, um, the new catechumens were being baptized and like everybody turned around and faced the back of the church where like the fount was. Mm-hmm. And there was like this, it was really long. It felt like 10 minutes long of like chanting saints names yes, that or was something. One Do you remember of the that? More, yeah, I remember that. I was like, that. whoa. Like, but it, it had the feeling of, because I was at position at the front of the church, but turning around, I could see everybody. Mm-hmm. Cause now I was like at the back cause we're facing the other way. And it was like, oh, these people. And like, Name after name after name after name. It just had this. Did like, they name like the every single full. saint? No, there's no. They I mean, can't, that would take right? it forever. There's, like, there's too many. There's too many now. It's always like you know. They greatest hits. Yeah, they made us some kind of selection. I don't know how they picked them, but it had the feeling of like a family reunion of like. Oh, interesting. Everybody's here for this because some new people are joining the family and like we're all here. It just felt very thick. It felt very. Oh. Um, very beautiful. And I don't even know most of the names. Yeah. I know the big ones. Oh, there's the apostles. There's Mary. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them no, I don't know. A lot of them are and martyrs. Everything. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Orienting. Yes. I mean, I think that if, if institutions like the Catholic Church are to survive and grow, 
you might see this meeting of the minds where it's not that people come into the church and change it. It's not what we're what I was just saying about um yeah, you know, we were just before we started recording, we're talking about this um this notion that every which could which I think doesn't belong to Robert Conquest but is often associated with him. Hmm. The idea that every organization that doesn't start off as explicitly conservative, um, and I don't mean politically conservative, I mean conservative in any yeah. generic sense, with a very set, with a very strict sense of core values, will end up becoming liberal, which is to say, progressing with the sort of times. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Catholic Church meets that criteria. It hasn't really budged at all mm-hmm. on a lot Not of these. The although I guess you could say Vatican II Vatican was II. was budgy. Yeah, on some I think, issues. I think parts of the church have just kind of, you know, depends on what city you're in, you know, have, have sure. gone the way. Your of, mileage may vary. Yeah. But yeah. this idea that what is seen from the outside is something very... Because that was the other impression I had, is that Catholicism is actually a very diverse religion in terms of who believes it, because mm-hmm. it was, because it went with what we would, I guess, call colonialism. Roughly. Right, it's all over the world. There's, right. I think there's more Catholics in you know Sub-Saharan Africa. Than well, there's, there's probably other places for us in there too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, We're Christians in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but this idea that maybe what happens is this: these people like me, in a generic sense, this disaffected group of people who want to rejoin community, they can, they can no longer participate in because mm-hmm. they because I mean. Again, like the catechism of the Catholic Church seems in some way to ask, it asks, obviously, church as a community asks plenty of everybody, Uh because you do have to, like, give to get. Like, Mm -hmm. it is a thing about showing up. You feel bad, go help someone. There is that. There seems to be sort of a privacy of the conscience, in which (laughs) seems like a strange thing to say in Catholicism, (laughs) that has a very overt dogma and it has confession, but there still seems to be this kind of privacy of conscience it seems like the orientation of the the catechism and the dogma is to open you into a world that is actually very embracing and forgiving and tolerant. Whereas the progressive catechism is, if you don't say any of these things, you're a horrible bigot and we will never speak to you or give you a job. Oh, yeah. So it That's seems to be like a very... Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I understand that from a... Do- from a value standpoint that Catholicism must be thought of at least from the liberal standpoint as mm-hmm. more strict mm-hmm. but my my heart doesn't see it that way anymore uh-huh. like I think you're correct I, I mean I I'm just not <laughs> like I could be making this up because I'm desperate in any port in a, any port in a storm it's my favorite expression these any days it is my favorite expression also a very good Columbo episode but it feels like one of those things where faith is kind of a currency, and but it's mm. not the whole. It's not the whole thing, like there's so much more to Catholicism. Does put a lot of emphasis on speech acts, mm-hmm. but there's so much. But that's not why people like it. I that's think, right. maybe, right. yeah, because it's really about being with people, and living your life. Yeah. Because, oh, because you know why you know why this is this you know why I think this why because my father was I mean my parents I I don't even really know if my I don't even know if his I can't I asked my father this once but I forget the answer whether his parents gave him any religious upbringing oh. at all I think they were just like last lapsed Protestants of some origin oh, okay I mean my grandfather so your father was in, isn't 
Jewish. No. And my mother was like, he offered to convert. My mother's like, don't bother. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't bother. Yeah. Too much trouble. Well, because it doesn't matter. Because Judaism is like you're fully Jewish through your maternal line. Your father's religious affiliation makes no difference. How interesting. It just doesn't matter. I mean, that's not to say that a lot of people don't marry Jews. But my mother didn't. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. So there were like 80 some odd people at my dad's funeral. Because my dad was, like, a really involved person with the community. Yeah. I mean, obviously not religious organizations, but he was really, really involved in a lot of stuff. And that's how you make a life. Yeah. I mean, that's how he loved the world. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, that is clearly what's missing, I think, for a lot of people, including myself. Just that... That belongingness. And I think to an extent that for a lot of people, like with my background, politics was that. I mean, it's like, you know, Obama, really, right? That movement was sort of the apotheosis of um, the arc of what we could call the arc of progress religion. Yes. And we should call it that. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Uh So, and that was really big for you. Was that? I mean, I went to Obama's first inauguration. You did. So I guess maybe that was like Uh my little like churchy. Democratic yeah. moment. <laughs> One Obama one. Do you feel like your sort of blue church has kind of betrayed oh, you? Oh, like it has gone off the rails. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, I mean, culty. It, there's nothing, there's no aspect that feels like it, it can't corrupt now. That's the, so sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I just don't even think our government is functional. I mean, have you been following this whole Diane Feinstein thing? Uh, just, oh, I saw headlines here and there. Right. I mean, following. she's like, she's a thousand million years old and she's sick as hell. She won't she just, She down. just won't resign. And there's no excuse for that except her own personal yeah. blahu. Because it's not like Gavin Newsom is going to report, is going to like appoint some, you know, they have a democratic governor. I mean, there's no issue. There's no issue. Wow. Right? No, it just, yeah. politics is dead. I mean, yeah. yeah. So if there's not transcendence or belongingness yeah the, or exactly let's let's politics. be more specific politics is that you're right. always so much like you always <laughs> i can say something you always come back with like i actually love doing this with you, you come back with like oh, how is some real vocabulary no, no, okay? no, i love it no it's my favorite thing about you you always oh god you always are right on with the language yes it is this this idea that it doesn't the functions that i think subconsciously it was mm. serving this feeling of kinship belongingness yes. It no longer serves. At least right. not for me. Right. And you still need those things. I think every, every human, human needs, needs those them. things. Right. So then it's like, if that's not the place, where? Where? And also, and also, even more, even better, better, worse, more salient, I am now a heretic. What? What do you mean? I'm oh, a heretic. Political politically. Tribe. I'm a political yes. heretic. Oh, so, so they've so, betrayed you and they've rejected well, because, you as a heretic. Because this kind of politics... This post-Obama, you know, everything is racist, trans women are women, merit is just, you know, a, a disguise for power. Yeah. All of that is is taking it to, is exhibiting sort of the religious extremism, an extremism and a sort of like us-themism yeah. that liberals like me always associate with a religion. It's actually really interesting to be having this conversation because <laughs> the liberal part of my brain always thinks of religion as a de- as like a way to put down politics. Oh, right? Interesting to put down because like put down? when like I say when I say that it's become control? a religion, when I say it's become a religion, I'm I'm dissing them. I'm saying they're bad. Oh. They're not open-minded. 
But of course, <laughs> that like, doesn't wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't make sense because we're also talking about maybe the thing that liberals fear about religion isn't actually true of religion in the way they thought it was. Yes, I mean, I, yeah. in the sense of you know, <laughs> are you gonna go and be personally judged for? I mean, you have. It would seem to me that like one of the points of liturgy is to just have a common. Like, if you're literally all on the same page. Yes. <laughs> whereas in yeah. modern crazy hellscape world, you know, from one day to another, you're not allowed to say these words. Or you must say these other words. Right. Yeah, um, it's like a creed that's constantly being changed. I was and in a, you have to believe it and you have to say it right. But you're like, wait a minute, I messed up. I had yesterday's creed and I said the wrong word. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I was in a meeting the other day where somebody was trying to use um, they pronouns for someone. This per- Did they the- mix it up? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. It's just like, oh. <laughs> and your inner heretic was giggling at them. My inner heretic was like, wow, that's like just plain punitive. And the, the person who, I guess, at one point had made these demands for these these nonsensical pronouns was not in the room. They weren't even in the no, room? No, of course not. <laughs> so it's like pure performative... Oh, something something oh man yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man so bad <laughs> wow yeah no it's very strange because that is because we can I can no longer imagine a situation in a work environment where someone's religion comes up at all or has made any issue of or has any bearing on anything that's happening I mean I can I can imagine some work environments where that might not be true but let's just in the generic broad sense, I think we most people in in, in America can work alongside people tolerant. who have different faiths and it's not an issue. Totally. It doesn't even come up. That's right. It's it, and if it does, it's more like a oh that's nice for you. That exactly. You're, like you see people oh, with oh, ash on their Ramadan. forehead oh, okay. or you like you, you find out who everyone you find out who the Catholics are right. on Ash Wednesday. I always used to right. be one of the sort of internal <laughs> right. you know like, oh. things to be aware of. Yes. You know. Yeah. But now it just seems like, wow, there's this whole other kind of thing that I, the only lens on which I can interpret it is religious, even though, as I just said, we need some new terminology here. That's right. Because if... Maybe like a fundamentalism versus mm, religion. Um, yeah. Because, there, yeah, there's something about fundamentalism that it, it is religious, but it's a practicing religion in a way that is, um, I don't know narrow or controlling or leans towards judgment i mean but i mean everybody judges and you know every religion has to make judgments but it's like it's it's the whole mood or like it's kind of the point almost right it's it's the every the dogma has to be the doorway instead of just being i was gonna say the doormat but like (laughs) That's good. That's good. Uh, it's actually. good, but it doesn't really. Make, it's catchy, but it doesn't really make any sense. Like, I guess what I mean is, like, if you were to find yourself drawn, as you did, to Catholicism, to it's it doesn't end just by like it doesn't end at the Easter village, the Easter village, the Easter vigil. It doesn't end there. <laughs> no, right? right. That's, That's literally the, the beginning. beginning. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's like this. We should, maybe we should talk about more what it is because we know that. Getting people to use pronouns and no longer building, you know, actual bathrooms that say women on the door where you just walk in and there's only women in there, ever. If we call that a religion, which I'm more and more tempted to, there's so many people on... I mean, like, God, there must be... We, I should just do a thing on our on Red Femme Substack where I just go and talk about, like, 
every article that you're not reading that is a like right. every you different way to interpret this crap. Yes. Um, but if we were to call it religion, what does that religion lead to? It leads to nothing. Mm. It just exhausts itself in the performance of that one thing. Wow. Right? Yeah. Because there's no soup kitchen, there, there's no church, there's no right. place you go on Sunday. There's no There's worship. no one bringing there's no one sending you flowers when someone dies. There's no, there's no one bringing you food when you're sick. There's no, that's right. There's nothing. Yeah. So that's right. By that we shouldn't Mm. call it a religion because that's an insult to religions that do those things. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot that you would say that. Well, I think it's true, Mm. but also you're welcome. Mm. So yeah, I I agree. I feel like we do need new words. I'll have to think about that. On that note. Mm. You think about that. Thanks too, for the listeners. therapy. How much do I owe you? <laughs> I'll have a really good cup of coffee. Okay. <laughs> I made her laugh. <laughs> you did. Oh, All right, do your reading. Right. We're coming at you in I don't know two weeks. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> Till next time. Bye, everyone.